online at 960thebull.com. Your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960, The Bull. CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. I am Brian Hanks. This is the Brian Hanks Show. Today is finally Friday, June the 9th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is Hour 2 of Episode 877 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. If you missed our first hour, I'm telling you, you missed a really, really good hour. We had uh, the voice of uh, the Down East Wood Ducks, the voice of University of Mount Olive Athletics, and this week, the voice of NCAA Division II Baseball World Series, Sugar Shane Albee. He joined us uh, early in the hour. We wrapped up the hour with the news director of the Carteret County News Times and uh, our NBA and hoops expert, Richard Clark, as we were talking NBA Finals. That's just our first hour. How about our second hour? Sitting across from me right now is the new head basketball coach at Lenore Community College, uh, Matt Grantham. And as I said in my monologue in the first hour, we've never met before. This is the first time I've met. And although, what you, now, did, you went to White Oak High School, right? I did. Uh, what year did you graduate? Uh, 2009. Oh, God, I feel so old. I think I covered you. Did you did you play basketball? I did. Uh, wasn't a very good player, but I would have played some games at Kinston High School, and we, we might have covered our team. That's what I'm saying. I think I remember your name. Uh, I was a sports editor at the Kinston Free Press from uh, 02 to 08, then took over the news side until 16. But I I, I do the I'm the voice of uh, of uh, Kinston High School basketball, and I have been since I since the 09 season, since the 08 09 season. So. I probably did call out your well, name then. The name that you remember is probably my dad, Greg Grantham, was the head basketball coach at White Oak High School. His there name, you go. My name would not have been uh, very <laughs> memorable in the annals of White Oak basketball history. Well, obviously you love it, or you wouldn't be in the position that you're in right now as a new LCC basketball coach, and just excited to have you. Thank you for coming in, too. I just messaged you earlier this week. We could have done it over the phone, but I appreciate you uh, doing this. Give us a – so you graduated in 09. Tell us a little bit about your uh, – you, you sound like me a little bit. I didn't start a game – well, you probably started more – I'm sure you started more games than I did. I started one game my entire varsity career, and that was senior night. Okay. Uh, well, actually, uh, I was the sixth man on our high school team. Okay. But we had 11 seniors in my senior class. Uh, wow. We were a group of guys that had played together for a while coming up and weren't very good as sophomores and were just okay as juniors and kind of finally figured it out together as seniors. Uh, but ironically, you got me beat. I, I never started a game because uh, – So one to nothing and starts. Yep, my, my senior <laughs> night, there was 11 of us. So uh-huh. uh, my my head coach, my dad, had a very easy decision. We're just going to start the same five dudes we started all year long. How was it? You know, and that's one of the things like uh, we've had Cliff Godwin on before uh, from ECU. And, you know, he played for his dad. He yeah. actually played basketball for his dad at Green Central. And just other people that we've had on through the years too that – that is a – that's a unique dynamic uh, when you're having to play for your father. I mean, you're, uh, you know, at home you're they're one person, but then when you get to practice, when you get in games, they're a completely different person. And again, like I said, Cliff is the first one that comes to mind for me. Is he was like, listen, my dad showed me no favoritism. I mean, in fact, in fact, he probably treated me harder than oh, or yeah. than he did other people. What was it like for you uh, playing for your pops? Um, well, I think uh, my whole life growing up, you know, I, like most guys had dreams of, you know, playing in the NBA or playing at the University of North Carolina was the dream for me growing up um, and also playing for my local high school. Yeah. That was something that, you know, I don't know how much that exists anymore. I think here in Kinston it does is the, in la- Kinston. the last place where it's still holding strong. Um, 
is why I'm excited, so excited to be here, you know, basketball yeah. town, USA. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me growing up, wanting to put on, you know, the White Oak jersey and be, represent my community and be a part of a legacy I'd watched guys growing up playing in. Um, so I think I thought, you know, I was trying to be a good player or being, you know, groomed to be a good player. It's not till a little bit later I think I realized that the lessons I was learning um, from my pops were a lot more preparing me to be a basketball coach and a head coach eventually one day. Um, and so for me, he was really hard on me. Um, and not, not because he was, uh, you know, wanting to me to be the best player for the team or, you know, live vicariously through me. It was nothing like that. It was, it was the easiest way to coach his team was that if he held me accountable on every single thing all the time, then it was never going to be any buck back from anybody else if he was holding them accountable. And also I'm a, maniacal competitor and um and probably a little bit of a crazy person on the court when it comes to competition <laughs> so i could take it uh, and was going to keep coming back being trying to be the hardest playing dude at all times and so uh, i think the the rest of my teammates kind of who were much more talented than i was probably saw look this this guy gets gets it worse than anybody and keeps coming back for more i guess we'll just you know fall in line and play really hard too how much of greg grantham is in Matt Grantham when you're on a when you're on a sideline, and not even just during games, because as real basketball fans know, I mean games are important. Obviously, I mean you want to win and lose those, but practice is where you know where the coach's real personality to me comes out. You can do whatever you want to during game day and all that, but when you really get to know somebody, and I, I look forward to going to some of your practices if you don't mind when basketball sure. season comes. Always welcome. Well, thank you, thank you. But I look forward to. That. But that's when you really get to know a coach is uh, is during practice. How much of of, of your dad, uh, Greg Grantham, comes through, and you, Matt Grantham? Um, I would say I'm I'm probably, you know, a little bit of a blended version of all the head coaches I've had as uh, bosses and coaches I've played for. Uh, my dad is probably, if not the greatest, one of the greatest influences in that. Um, you know, we don't agree with all the same things stylistically in basketball, uh, but also we have operated in different eras of the game as yeah. it's changed a little bit. Um, but we do have a lot of the same core tenets. Um, one thing that I think anybody who watched his teams play would have said is that they always played really hard and that there was a high emphasis, a premium placed on defense. Um, and I would like to think that anybody that watches my teams would say that they play really hard and the defense is really important. Uh, the offense probably looks different. Um, I'd like to shoot the basketball a lot better than my high school team shot the basketball. Uh, but we were really good at getting it to the rim, and that's something that's still very important to me is putting pressure on the rim with dribble penetration. Uh, but, you know, style's a little different, but I think the core principles of uh, a strong culture, of discipline and accountability, and of, like, there's a, a bare minimum effort that is always going to be required in everything we do from practice to games and the way we carry ourselves and everything. I think there's a lot of similarities in that regard. You know, you've probably, in that voice you're listening to, is Matt Grantham. He's the uh, new head basketball coach at Lenore Community College. Uh, Our big interview today here on the Brian Hanks Show. One of the things, you've probably even seen him with you graduating in 09, and I can tell you. Now, how old's your pops? Uh, He is in his 50s, although he he doesn't look it. Okay, well, I'm 54, okay? I graduated high school in 1987. If this tells you how old I am, they didn't even put the three-point line in high school basketball until the year after I graduated, okay? My my dad played college basketball without the three-point line, and tell you his his age and right there with you, but uh, 
he played at Southern Wayne High School um, okay. in Wayne County uh, and was in the same conference with Laney High School, played against a guy named Michael Jeffrey Jordan um, in his high school career. I don't know if I've heard of him before. Is that He was a pretty good player from Eastern <laughs> North Carolina. And, and hopefully – uh, if another one like that comes around, maybe we'll try to recruit him, but I think we'll have a hard time here. <laughs> there you go. But my point, it just I, obviously in my lifetime and in your dad's lifetime, we've seen a complete uh, metamorphosis of uh, of basketball. And I'm not just – I didn't just say high school basketball, college basketball, NBA. I just was telling a rich – I just finished this book about the Larry Bird Celtics. Awesome read, by the oh, way, I'm man. Sure. But it was talking about how in one season – Bird led the led the league in three point attempts one year with eighty three point attempts in a season <laughs> in an eighty two game season he led the league with eighty and now uh, what James Harden attempted over a thousand what in nineteen or in uh twenty uh, maybe it was twenty twenty one I think it was the first, the full season dude how have you adapted to that I mean you, you were talking about stylistically how you're a little bit different than your father in the way he coached. Dude, you've seen it in your lifetime. I mean, oh, yeah. you didn't shoot 43 pointers a game in 2009, but you go to a high school game now and teams are shooting 40 to 45 three pointers a game. For sure. Um, I mean, I think on even on my high school basketball team, uh, I think a lot of people would have probably considered me to be the shooter or one of the two guys that were probably the best shooters. But I never considered myself a shooter. I didn't think that was something I was, you know, elite at by any means. And, I always thought the best shot we could get was at the rim. And so even me being the guy who was supposed to be shooting threes, I was probably more apt to want to shot fake you and get you running out at me so I could go downhill too. Now the game, that you know, you have to take them. Uh, the math supports that, you know, you, you got to get them up. Um, and it took me working for some coaches that uh, had a better understanding of some analytics things and could break it down for me in a way that, Help me to understand it. Uh, I think the most important thing with three-point attempts is how you get them. Um, I think that the, the math supports it as well, but just from a philosophy standpoint, if you touch the paint first and then you kick it out for three, that's a really valuable shot, and, and it helps your offense. Your, your offense becomes a lot more efficient when you can get it into the paint, collapse the defense, and then kick out for open threes, inside-out kicks. It's the rushing up the floor, swing, swing, swing around the perimeter, and then shooting one without ever making the defense work. Those are the bad ones. That, uh, yeah. At least at our level, you can't afford to take a ton of those. Uh, but if you get the right ones, the more three-point attempts, the better. Well, here, uh, one of our listeners right now, uh, and you know, I'm pretty sure you know the name, Leo Lockhart. Yes, yes. Uh, just sent it. He said, tell him or just to tell you, you sure are. And he said, we need more of a Bart, uh, the Queens uh, former head coach, and in, in, in you. And then Legend. he put like a little laughing, crying face. Yep. So, yep. Uh, Bart Leo, Lundy, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And Leo ref some of our games at Queens. Uh, he was a very good referee in the sack. Had him a couple times at Mount Island. You know, he's a Kenston no, native, I, I right? I did. I did. Uh, ref high school games of mine and yeah. as ref games as a college coach. Uh, and well, he, he's one of the good ones. Let me tell you something, too. And he would never either. he would never brag about himself because he's not that kind of guy. And you know that from being around him. Dude, he's one of the – you You look around here and you see Bullock and Ingram and Stack and all the other good players that we've had come through here. Let me tell you something. In that short list of 10 to 12 best players in the history of Kenston High School, Leo Lockhart is one of those players. Well, and, that and that's before me. my time when I got here, but when you talk to the old heads here, they tell you 
man, Leo was a hell of a player at Kinston High School. That doesn't surprise me because uh, Leo looks like he can still get a bucket right now. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Well, very good. Well, uh, like I said, Matt Grantham joining us right now here on the Brian Hanks Show. We talked about White Oak. So what happened? You graduated from White Oak in 09. Where do you go from there? Um, so I was a student manager uh, at East Carolina uh, when I was in school. Okay. Uh, worked for Coach Mac McCarthy originally, uh, and then coaching change happened. Spent a little time with Coach Lebo and his staff. Um, and then towards the end of my college career, I think I, I got in my mind I wanted to uh, make a little more money than I thought uh, you know I might could make in coaching. So I actually went into corporate America for for a little bit. Spent two years uh, working in sales. IT sales, made some good money, but wasn't happy. Uh, so ended up walking away from that, saved up some money for a year or two, knowing I was going to make a move and uh, became a volunteer division three assistant. Uh, How much money? You made a ton of money doing that, I'm sure, right? I, I haven't made a ton of money doing this, period. Um <laughs> And don't know how long it'll be until I do, uh, or if I will. But uh, one thing I can tell you is uh, I work way more hours, probably twice as hard now as I did then for probably half a the percentage. money or less. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm a lot happier. Um, yeah. You know, would, people ask me sometimes, especially when I first got into this, and friends would – you know, want to schedule, uh, you know, a weekend trip or something. Hey, let's go to Vegas, coach. Yeah, or somebody's <laughs> getting married in November. Like, sorry, I can't, I can't be there. Saturdays are pretty busy during that time of the year. Yeah, um, they didn't understand, but like the way I try to explain to people who you know aren't in this world is like, yeah, I work constantly all the time, but like if on, on my worst day, it's spent in the gym, you know, watching watch a bad basketball if it's a bad situation or or on the phone just talking to people about players about basketball like this isn't work you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot worse ways to make a living so I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing I've heard people say that about fishing before that there's not a bad day fishing you go out not get a bite you're on the boat you know or whatever if you heck if you're on a bank it's still better than uh, working, like you said, working in an office where you were making some bank. Well, I'm not going to say now that, uh, that there's not a bad day coaching. Uh, <laughs> there are some of those. Uh, this is a, a, a crazy way to make a living yeah. um, where, you know, you work relentlessly for 365 days, but essentially how good you are at your job is judged on 30 nights in the hands of 18 to 22 year olds. Um, there you go. So it's, uh, and it's at a the junior world. college level, sometimes that could be up to 25 year olds for too, sure. For sure. Know? And they're still freshmen or sophomores in yeah. college. Ain't nothing uh, wrong with that whatsoever, man. I can't wait to dig into that with you because I have covered LCC since I got here in O two. So I've, uh, got to see, I've seen some mighty, mighty highs, uh, with coach Dawson, who was just amazing. And I, I don't know how much you, and I know you've not been yeah. here that long, but let me tell you, I mean, the court's named after him oh, and for sure. He is uh, just a, a legend. I Man, I, I've got some great stories about him. That uh, A couple of practice stories and a couple of things I can share with you about him there. And then uh, there have been some lows too, though. I mean, uh, I know, uh, and I'm not denigrating your predecessor at all because I liked him. Coach Brown's a good guy. I mean, he's a really good guy. But, I mean, they were also, one, I think, 1-18 at one point last season. Uh, they turned yeah. it around a little bit there they at did, the end. They did and finish strong. They did, did finish strong. strong. But, I mean, uh, we, we've we seen some mighty – like uh, I guess my point I'm trying to make is we've seen some mighty highs here in Kenston with LCC basketball. We've seen some pretty big lows too. But, we'll, like I said, we'll get into that here in a little bit. So, we're all – obviously, you were at Queens with uh, Coach Lundy, who I, I used to – before I came here, I was with the Gaston Gazette, so I covered okay. him a little bit. And I came out of Gastonia and – Covered him a little bit when he when the I think he started the program at Queens, didn't he? Or? Uh, he he wasn't the first okay. head coach okay. there at the men's program, but he was early on. Um, and I 
I'm not mistaken, I believe he became the head coach the first time when he was 25 years old. Wow. Um, and then left there to be a Division One head coach at High Point when he was 30, young, one of the youngest head coaches in the country. Uh, and then, you know, this is a crazy business. So eventually he ended up back at Queens for a second stint. So he's been there. He was there twice, took him to an Elite Eight and a Final Four, twice each in two different tenures. Uh, and now he's the head coach of the University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee. Dude, um, that is awesome. Well, uh, let's get back to you, though. So you help him at Queens. Did you have any other stops before you came here? Yeah, uh, my first coaching gig uh, was I spent two years at North Carolina Wesleyan College in Rocky Mount. Rocking up in Rocky uh, Mount, yeah. Competing in Division Three level. Uh, we were lucky enough to win a conference championship there. Uh, after that, I was actually in this same league that uh, Lenore Community College is in. I was an assistant coach for a guy named Brian Garmouth um, at Catawba Valley Community College. Okay. Um, and we had a good year there and co- learned a lot from Coach Garmouth about operating the junior college program, about operating a program to the highest level possible with the budget you have to work with um, and kind of the way you have to, to wait a minute, wait a minute. operate. You didn't even do it. Sometimes when I talk to – and like I said, I've been friends with the LCC coaches for years. I'm surprised you didn't do the air quotes when you said with the budget that you have to work with. No, no, we're not going to start out complaining about what we don't have. We're going to be happy for the things we got and and, and keep working to to build some more things to hopefully – Hopefully, put a product on the floor people like to see, and we'll we'll get some support, and there'll there'll be more more stuff uh, around. CVCC, uh, did you ever work with Chris Hobbs at all? I did not. Okay, I, well, no, he was a reporter. I just know him. Okay. He's one of my mentors. He's in Hickory, and oh, well, uh, yeah, he he probably covered us. He yeah. wouldn't have had any reason to ask me any questions. I was nobody, but uh, well, he probably coach. did cover the team. But uh, but I know him uh, when I was in Western North Carolina when I was coming up. Uh, I cut my teeth in pretty much everything I did when I was a sports editor and a sports reporter. I learned from him, and he was like I said, just right there in Hickory too. Uh, so CVC, uh, another any more stops after that? Uh, Where were you at last? Went from well, I went from CVCC to Queens. Okay, I was there for two years, um, and then actually I had a I guess a little cup of coffee. Uh, I guess you would say it. Southern Wesleyan University, uh, which is down in central South Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, right next to Clemson. Um, went there to work for a guy, Nick Pasqua, who I believe is uh, probably one of the 10 best basketball uh, or offensive minds in all of college basketball. A really wow. underappreciated uh, coach in the game, but that is a, a rising star. Um, I only got to work for him for about four months, um, and that's you know, one of my not regrets because I don't regret the decision I made, but one of the things I wish I could have got to spend more time with him because I think he that was, was your last stop before you came here. No, I went. Uh, oh. wait, we're, we're working. Our I'm way sorry. Through. I'm I've been, sorry. I've been all over, man. You're a lifer, uh, man. I love this. A, it's a crazy business, and you gotta you gotta move around early on to to try to keep food on the table, and then before you eventually get to a place where you can be a little more comfortable. Um, but so I was with him, and had every intention on being there. Was very happy there. And on my 30th birthday, um, out of the blue, I got a phone call from a high school principal here in Eastern North Carolina um, who was aware of me and my career. I guess you, you never know who's watching. You know, I always tell my guys, you're always on stage, whether yep. you realize it or not. Somebody's always watching. And that happened to be the case. Somebody was paying attention to me and my career. What little did I know. Um, and so uh, Miss Stacy Freeble called me from Havelock High School, told me, uh, I know you're an Eastern North Carolina guy. You know, I'd, I'd like you to come interview for my head basketball job. And I, uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a high school coach. I knew I was certainly terrified of being a high school teacher. Um, <laughs> and What it, did you teach? Uh, U.S. history. I okay. actually taught, I taught U.S. history, uh, I taught civics, and I actually taught one class of honor civics. Okay. 
uh, for in a 36 uh, student class. Honors Good students. Lord. Um, yep. So I went from uh, being all basketball all the time to uh, figuring out practice plans in the afternoon, doing workouts, and then staying up till two in the morning reading about uh, John Adams and James Madison so I could try to be a, an expert the next day. That is awesome. I tell you what, listening to your path, and I know you have to know him, dude, but that's the advantage. What are you, 32, 33 now? Uh, I'll be 32 this summer. Yeah, 32 this months. summer. But that's the advantage of what you're doing is you make these connections everywhere. Yeah, maybe you're at a place for two years, for four months at one, for a couple of years, whatever. But I guarantee you, your network is crazy. And your path sounds a lot like Dory Hines, who is uh, over at Mount Olive right now. I was going to get to. That was my very last stop. I just came here from working for a Kinston legend. Well, he is arguably the greatest point guard in the history of Kinston High School. Oh, I I don't doubt it. Well, Josh Dawson, did you ever? uh, I know Josh from, I met him through Dory. Yes. Uh, Those two are, are honestly, they're 1A and 1B. And this is funny. I've had them both sitting in the chair that you're sitting in right now. You ask Dory Hines, who's the greatest point guard you've ever seen at at Kenson High School. He'll say Josh Dawson. You ask Josh Dawson, Josh will fight you. And I mean, you know, Josh is not afraid to fight. You know, you know that. Josh, and I mean that in all, I love Josh Dawson. He's my... Of every player I've covered since 1991, I've been covering high school sports since 1991. Josh is my favorite. If that tells That's you anything praise. of, and you've seen, you've seen, some I've great seen ones hundreds here. and thousands of players probably, and I also work the John Wall Holiday Invitational every year okay. too. I've been the media director for it for 15 years, so I mean, I've I've seen some players come through. Okay, That's a lot of good hoop. <laughs> Josh Dawson is a dog. Absolutely. I mean, and I asked him one time, I know we're getting off topic here because I want to talk about you, but I got to say this. I asked Josh one time, but someone had told me this, maybe it was Perry Tindall or Wells or somebody told me this. I thought they're, they're just pulling my leg. I asked Josh, uh, if you know, not even a championship game coach, but just a regular season game. If you had to cut off your pinky finger to win the game and he was like, where's the knife? <laughs> that's a legendary answer and i bet he meant it too oh he no i mean didn't smile or anything i mean you know how josh is i mean he, he's an awesome guy but uh but back to uh to dory that's what dory did you know dory was an assistant coach at rendell parrot academy then took over that program what well, went down to a couple of schools in south carolina i think well, he was at pembroke for a year lander, too right lander university in south carolina and then pembroke yeah there you go and now look at him he's yeah. uh he is the he's a what a you guys about the same. He graduated ten. He graduated yeah, he's a ten. Younger than me, yeah. And here he is at Mount Olive, and it sounds like your paths are pretty close to each other too. Yeah, actually. Um, so Dory and I would have played against each other in high school, uh, especially at the East Coast Invitational in the summertime. Mm-hmm. That you know, Wells Gully, which will runs. be in three weeks. Yep, I'll, yeah. I'll be there. I haven't missed a year probably since. Uh, Probably 1998. <laughs> you know how many times we our paths have crossed? I do uh, TV commentary for him down there. You know, they do that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I've watched so, the live stream before. Yeah. Been out of you've, heard, you've heard me uh, very poorly calling uh, basketball yeah. from there, too. And I'll be doing it again in three weeks. Oh, it's so, a great uh, event. Yeah. Uh, Wells does a great job with it. It's always been awesome for my hometown of Jacksonville. You know, yeah. I, when, when we were growing up, Dory and I, you know, when we were growing up playing in the summertime. East Coast Invitational was the pinnacle. It was yeah. always the last event of the summer. It was in my hometown, so you'd act, it was the only time in the summertime you play in front of crowds, yeah. um, and you played for something. That's mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing. You know, kids this these days in our generation, they're playing these AAU events where it's not even a tournament anymore. They're not even a trophy. It's you know we're playing four showcase games. We know who we're playing at what time, win or lose, and we go to the next game. 
man, back in our day, and, and the East Coast is still that way now. That's mm -hmm. why it's the best event. But you got pool play, and then you come out for a tournament, and every game matters. You're playing for something. Coach Gold is going to enjoy hearing that. And by the way, I just not to pat myself on the back, but I guess I'm, the Brian Hanks Show is a sponsor of the East Coast Invitational. So nice, yeah, nice. I, I love I love going down there every year. But uh, so there you go. Uh, LCC, why LCC? Uh, well, I think for a lot of the things we've kind of been talking about, we've we've brushed around it without addressing it directly. But uh, I'm a very proud Eastern North Carolina guy. Um, this place means a lot to me. Uh, and I've always enjoyed coaching Eastern North Carolina kids, and I understand them. Um, I, I like coaching kids that come from where I come from or, you know, kind of cut the way I'm cut, built how I'm built. Uh, and so it was an opportunity to come back home to a situation where I know I'm going to recruit local kids. I'm going to recruit Eastern North Carolina kids. That's going to be a big part of the DNA of our program. Um, and it also felt like uh, – it was a situation where I thought I could be successful. Um, you know, I, I think it's a better job than, than other people probably think it is. Uh, I think there's a way for us to really be successful here if we do it the right way. Um, and it gave me a chance to come back home around family and in a place I understand and it's near and dear to me. Um, there's a woman in New Bern, North Carolina, that means a great deal to me that it allowed me to stay here and, and, and for us to have a life together. Um, but really, it's a place I think that I can really be successful. We can be successful and, and see something grow and really have a chance to offer opportunities to Eastern North Carolina kids that deserve them and, and hopefully have an impact on some kids that I can relate to um, and, and give back to a community that's always been so good to me. Coach Bobby Dawson proved it. And for folks who may say, oh, you can't win at LCC, that's not true. I mean, Coach Bobby Dawson proved that you can you can go to national tournaments. You could uh, compete for a national championship at LCC, which he did uh, pretty much year in, year out for several years. And I, I wish I had the number right here in front of me, the hundreds of games that he won while he was there. But, uh, and Coach and, Smith's proven it in baseball right now, too. They've been very good the last three. He's turned that thing around right away. So Yes, he, he has. Well, it took him three years, and I think that's part of I, if people – and maybe you can do it, and I hope you can. Hear me. I mean, I'm a big – this show was sponsored by Lenore Community College. We want yeah. you to be very successful there, but but he but he's done it the right way. I mean, they won 13 games their first season, won, what, 36-37 their second season, make it one, one – what, one step away from the College World Series oh, yeah. uh, this past year or two. Uh, having seen that peripherally, what are maybe a lesson or two you've learned from him that, that maybe you'll try to apply to uh, Lancers basketball this, this winter? Uh, well, first and foremost, just we're not going to put limitations on this program of what, uh, you know, like I said, we're not going to start out talking about the things we don't have or what hasn't been done here. Uh, we are seeking to create a nationally relevant program that can compete for a national championship. Now, does that mean that we're going to be in Danville playing in that game at the end of the year this year? I don't know. You know, it's it's a possibility. And uh, when those 15 young men sit down in front of me for that first team meeting at the beginning of the year and I tell them that we are seeking to compete for a national championship, I want 15 dudes in the room that aren't going to blink, that are, are winners, that are used to winning, playing in big games and winning them. That that's what they're chasing. Um, and this first group of guys, they're going to be the pioneers that kind of help us get things turned around and change it. Uh, they may not get to reap all the rewards, but I'm, I'm telling the kids we're having conversations with on the phone recruiting right now. That like, you know, we're going to look back. There's going to be kids three, four years from now that are getting highly recruited and getting offers because they come from this program that you helped, you know, attach a name to. And, and they'll 
be nationally relevant and ranked because of the name recognition of the program that, that you created. You know, this first group's going to be critically important to us getting it turned around, but I, I do believe we're going to compete for region titles and, and be nationally relevant moving forward. And you've already started in a, in a quasi-Kenston connection there, too, with uh, Coach George Stackhouse. Two kids from uh, Westover who they played in our um, MLK yep. event here this past uh, MLK day. Uh, tell us a little bit about. Uh, can you talk about them? I, you've you've signed them. Are you allowed? I don't know if you are you allowed to yeah, talk about them. They're signed. Um, two young men, uh, Micaiah Tarver and and Noah Jovanovich. Uh, two really good, hard playing dudes. Okay. Um, that was the biggest thing for me um, right away. Two guys that play. You know, kind of the style that we want to play already, and we could talk about that a little bit more specifically. But the biggest thing is they're winners. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I want yeah. guys that are winners. Well, if you uh, played for Coach Stackhouse, you're definitely you know you're going to be tough, and you know you're going to be a winner. Yeah, and they're going they're going to play the game the right way, and they're going to play hard. Yeah. And they're going to really compete. Um, you know, Coach Stackhouse, no matter where he's been at, you know, he's in Fayetteville now, but there's a little Kinston DNA in right. his teams uh, and yeah. the way that they compete. Uh, so these two young men, as four year varsity players, of had a career record of 77 and 22, won 78% of their high school games. They went 30 and 0, won a state championship as freshmen. Um, they've been really successful. They probably played the toughest schedule in all of uh, 3A basketball this year uh, in the state of North Carolina and, and won a lot of games. So, really excited to have those two guys who are used to winning uh, and really are going to be competitors. Uh, Noah can put it in the basket, and um, and Micaiah is probably going to be one of those Dory Hines, Josh Dawson guys that get you excited with the way he guards the ball. I mean, he is a pit bull defensively, um, and, and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. That's awesome. As we're wrapping up here, well, I've, got, I've got to thank uh, UNC Lenore Healthcare. They're the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day. Uh, listen, give them a call at 252-522-7000. And again, thank you to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interviews. We're, like I said, we're wrapping it up here in the last couple of minutes. Uh, one thing that I, I'm not going to say – because hey, you're, you're so positive. Please tell me we're going to have Kinston and Lenora County and Greene County, Jones County, Onslow County, Craven County players on this team. I certainly hope so. Yeah. Um, we've uh, we've signed a Pitt County player okay. uh, already. Um, Who was that? Uh, his name's Deontay Joseph. Uh, he played at D.H. Conley High School, not this year, but the year before. When uh -huh. they Actually, when I was at Havelock, they, they won our big Carolina conference. They, finished, uh, they won the championship, and he played for a, another really great, High school coach Rob Maloney, one of the best yep. to do it. He's now the county AD in Pitt County. Um, I have a lot of respect for Coach Maloney. I think he's a heck of a basketball coach. And Deontay was his best player on their championship team. Um, I had recruited him a little bit as a college coach before I had to make an awkward phone call a, a little over a year ago and tell him, hey, I'm not going to be recruiting you anymore, and I'm going to be coaching against you twice this year in high school. <laughs> um, but things come full circle. Yeah. This opportunity came around. He was looking for an opportunity to get back in, and so – um, that's a, a relationship built two years ago that's now coming full circle. Uh, we're going to recruit locally, though. Um, we're going to recruit Onslow County kids. We're going to recruit Lenore County kids, Greene County kids. There's some good players in this area right now that I would have loved to have had if I had got the job a little earlier. Yep. Um, and in the future, Nothing breaks my heart more. The, the kid over at North Lenore, who was our best player in our area this year. Treshad Lynch. Treshad Lynch. There you go. And I saw that he signed with Johnston Community uh, Wake College. Tech. Wake, Wake Tech. Tech. I knew it was one of those up in the triangle. 
And my heart just sank because I was like, man, that kid should have stayed here in Lenore. I mean, you want to talk about bucket? You saw him, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, right? really talented. He's a walking bucket, man. And there's, and there's a talented player at Green Central that's going there, a talented yeah. player from Kissing High going there. But, you know, hats off to Coach Wainwright and his staff. They yep, did a great yep, job. Yep. They came down here and recruited well, got really talented players. Uh, hey, but that, that doesn't happen Coach, anymore. I, <laughs> You took the words right out of my mouth. I was getting ready to say, that ain't happening anymore, yeah, is no, it? No, we're not going to be out recruited in our own backyard again. Now, uh, if a young man okay, I'm fired decides up. I'm to fired go somewhere up. else, you know, we're going to support that decision that you know and, and cheer for him. But no one's going to out recruit us here. They're going to see my face more than any other coach. They're going to talk to me more than any other coach. And if they decide to go somewhere else, it's going to be the best decision for them and their family. But it isn't going to be because Lenore Community College didn't recruit them. Coach, I'm pumped. Sincerely, I'm pumped. I mean, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to see what you do with this program. Thank you so much for joining us this morning here on the show. I Don't be a stranger. I mean, I'd love to have you on several times as we get into the sea. You know, I mean, it's June now, but I'm talking about maybe I'll talk to you down at East Coast, too. I'm going to do a show yeah. from East Coast Invitational. Okay. So. Maybe yeah. uh, we'll do that down there, too. Listen, uh, Matt Grantham, new head basketball coach, Lenore Community College, thank you so much for joining me this morning, okay? Thanks for having me. I'll be back anytime you want me. Love it. Thank you so much. Let's get John and Jonathan in here and play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up this week of shows right after that. Today is Friday, June the 9th, in the year of our Lord 2023. It's finally Friday. You know what else it is, Jonathan Massey? It's 6-9, June the 9th. Six nine day. How cool is that? I don't know how I didn't see that coming. <laughs> anyway, yeah. John Dawson. Mm-hmm. It only took twelve seconds for me to make you drop your head in shame. Well, that's not a record, but it's in the top five. <laughs> it definitely is in the top five. Oh, thank God it's finally Friday, man. I'm uh this has been a week, gentlemen. I'm not joking. I mean, you know, it started out. The first three with us not having birthday games because of the mistake that I made uh, last week. But, uh, you know, it's ended up pretty good, though. It's ended up better. So uh, I still don't think that's your fault. That's a really that's some kind of goofy Mac junk. I've never heard of that in, in my life, and I'm an old man. You're not that old. But I'm just saying, in 50 years on Earth, I've never heard of that happening with a normal computer. Well, Rick Vernon explained it best. So uh, if, I, if, if Rick was here right now, should we call him? I, I believe you, and I believe Rick. I'm just saying it's still insane. It is very insane, and I, I'll, I'll never get over it. But you know what? I've beat myself up enough over it over the last week or so. With Jonathan uh, I think you could do a little more. I like a nice left jab. <laughs> right, there, there you go. go. You think people bought that, that uh, that I just hit myself in the, in the Well, if they did. If you I didn't can... ask me if they just bought it, they might have. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's weekend time, and I got to tell you, I really don't have anything. I can, I'll, I'll, I'll answer first. I really don't have anything planned to do this. Wait, I'm actually kind of proud of you. Oh, okay. I think you actually gonna be the, home. Well, the uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, wow. I know Linda and her friend uh, Kelly Statham are going to go take pictures of flowers mm-hmm. or something like that. So uh, I'm going to have like the house to myself Saturday morning. How about that? You guys want to come over and have a pajama party? I got to go to uh, tax deduction number one's graduation. What time is that? I want to say eleven, maybe. At LCC. Yeah. I have to. I have to go by and uh, drop in on that little. How are you going to do kid. that? Oh, dude, I'm Brian Hanks, man. This show, the Brian Hanks I mean, show, be, is I'll, sponsored I'll, I'll by Lenore Community College. I would be glad for you to go. <laughs> yeah. but what I'm saying is, tickets. It's like trying to get tickets to Sinatra. This thing. Have you met me? 
Dude, oh, I make one call to Richie Honeycutt or my good friend Jackson Massey over at North Lenore so or all you, Heather all you. Carson over at North. No, 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 yeah, no, I know. No, oh, I'm going to kick it to you, you here you, in a you second. You don't know where I'm going. Uh, that's all I got to do. I'm Brian Hanks, dude. Okay, so if I'll, I want to go to a graduation in Lenore County, by God, I can get into a graduation in Lenore County. So all you family members out there that are upset that the family only has six tickets, all you have to do is contact Brian Hanks, and he will hook you up. What's your number, Brian? It's 252-525. Stop. Blur that. <laughs> it's not right, but it's close. Oh, okay. <laughs> will you reverse that? I've reversed half of what we've done. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, uh, you know what? Seriously, would you mind? I mean, I won't be going to one of your tickets. I mean, I'll be going uh, as as the Brian Hanks. It'll it'll be the greatest seven hours of your that life, That is the most Brian. egotistical thing I've heard you say today. <laughs> today? Well, I, I, seriously, if I ask Richie Honeycutt, or I'm not friends with the principal at North. Who is the principal at North Lenore now? I'm not at liberty to say, Brian, because if you do something untoward, I don't want that stink on me. Uh, can I put the stink on Jonathan then? You put all the stink on him you want. I mean, he's hey, going to notice. <laughs> it is. Plus, yeah, nine, six, you know. <laughs> Hope you enjoy wallowing in this stink with me, huh? <laughs> there you go. Anyway, so I know what you're doing. I mean, uh, uh, tax deduction number two, graduate, or number one, graduating. Yes. Uh, how do you, we've talked about this a little bit over the previous couple she weeks. She's tied with two other students for valedictorian, by the, and I hope they acknowledge it at the ceremony. Your progeny. While, all the while, getting her associate's degree. Mm -hmm. you know I don't what? know who's giving the speech. It's, uh, you know, Mr. Green Jeans. I'm not sure. I'll tell you what, I may call and see if they want me to make the speech. But, see, they wouldn't <laughs> want me to. Because you do know, and this is in all seriousness, in 2015, I was supposed to do the... Uh, commencement. The commencement speech at Lenore Community College. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Briley had asked me to do it, but remember, Tina was, right. you know, really in... It was a bad time at that time, mm -hmm. and uh, I had to pull out of it. But, uh, yeah, I was supposed to give the speech at the graduation speech. And funny, though, they haven't asked me since. It's been eight years. You would have thought they would have been like, hey, you know, Brian Hanks under was new, supposed to do it last year. Under new management, Brian. Probably wiser management, right? Well, the management that doesn't like litigation, Brian. <laughs> there you go. See, I, oh, I'll be completely honest. It's a good thing that they're not asking me to do it at North Lenore because you know what I would do. I mean, the smart. Remember what I used to do with TD number two? Don't do not do that. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. I would be like, the smartest girl in all the land is right here in North Lenore, and she's your valedictorian. Give it up. And I'd be playing applause. Give it up. Well, she's tied with two other students. So it doesn't it matter. I would be the tiebreaker. Oh, boy. <laughs> Because you know they would probably let me wear like a, a, a gown, a nice gown. That's probably what. No, never mind. What do you mean, like a moo? <laughs> I'm thinking babushka. Babushka this, guys, okay? <laughs> but a moo this, too. Uh, but, okay, so that's you. What you got going on over there, Jonathan Mizzle? I, I think Matthew? for the first time in at least a month i don't have anything going on and i am so looking forward to it well good that's kind of like i don't understand i hope i hope that becomes popular i don't understand people do all the get these nice houses built up and they get a big tv some people get three tvs on the same wall and they're never home well i don't get it mm -hmm. we should start preparing people now it is june the 9th but uh <laughs> the first week of july we're going to be going to dc for a week 
watching three uh, Washington Nationals games, dude. And uh, all kinds of July 4th activities up there. And then, uh, have I told you all this? You get to uh, see all the all-stars on that roster? <laughs> <laughs> there are none. He's being sarcastic. I was assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the last week of July, first week of uh, August. So if you're looking for an Airbnb, contact Massey or myself, and we'll, uh, we'll get you the security camp. And There you go. And don't forget, you know, the uh, all of November you're going to be gone because you ha- you finally landed a spot in RuPaul's Drag Race. Right there. There we go. No, but uh, last week of July, first week of August, going to Alaska. Linda and I going Mm. on a cruise, going to Alaska. We're going to go to Seattle and spend a couple of days with her sister. We're going to go on a cruise, a carnival cruise to Alaska, and then we're going to come back and spend a couple of days in Tucson, Arizona with her son, Clay. So we're going to spend two weeks traveling all over the the Our drummer is going to meet his – he and his girlfriend are going to Milan, and then they're going to Croatia in like a week. These people – I'm – I'll be in Bucklesbury. <laughs> oh, okay, don't play with the with the Bears in Alaska. Okay. Watch out for Scorpions in Arizona. There you go. We're going to get both extremes. That's going And Seattle. Going to see the Mariners in Seattle. Seattle take on the uh, Oh, look out for the Toronto hippies. Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah. Never well, go with a hippie to a second location. Why is that? Because they won't remember how to get back to the first. There you go. Ooh, okay. Well, I do know that Seattle, I've had people tell me when I've told them that I'm going that Hey, uh, be careful in Seattle. I guess that's where they had the... The homeless took over a third of the city? <laughs> Something like yeah, that. Yeah, enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's not near the baseball stadium or the airport. It's probably in the baseball stadium. No, it would give right. you an excuse to carry a bat. It would give me an excuse. So, there you go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy some of these last no... And, uh, I mean, the Wood Ducks are out of town, so you're right. I'm, I'm not even joking. Would you mind if I went? If I met you and your lovely family at graduation tomorrow. Right ahead. Okay. Well, cool. I'm going to be giving you a call, Richie. Hook a brother up, okay? Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, John Dawson, you won yesterday 3-2. to two. It's tied three days to three here in the birthday game so far in June. Why don't you tell us about GoEco Office Automation? Well, GoEco Office Automation, they're not the type to scalp tickets to an educational event, <laughs> but they will help you make enough money so you can – build a building and they'll name it after you and thus be able to get in for free anytime you want. <laughs> they've got office automation, office equipment, they've got paper clips, they've got everything you need for your business. Back to you, Brian. I like it. And uh, now it's over to Jonathan Massey because Jonathan knows how to get in touch with Jacques Passeleg, the owner, operator, president, uh what else? I mean he's the the man when it comes to GoEco Office Automation. How can we give him a call there, Jonathan Massey? Oh, you pick up the phone and dial 252 252 286 286 53 53 54 54 or you can visit his website it's at goecomc.com or what is goeco.com there you go we've got one musical hymn but it's not till we get to the uh, passed away portion of the show mm. uh so here's the first one uh john dawson you get to go first but you got to do it in his voice oh, is this some is this no, what i've done before yeah okay. everybody has it's Dickie V, baby. How old today is DVD? I'm saving money on combs, baby. <laughs> you what? Saving money on combs. Yeah, oh, that's true, too. Not you, though, dude. You have a fine head. Dickie V. Oh, Dickie V. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was good. What about you over there, Massey? You got. You have to do Dickie V. I don't know that I've ever done Dickie V. Okay. He's Save chicken it out, baby. <laughs> He's not a PTPer. That's what, what does that mean? A uh, pl- primetime player. He did primetime player, uh, diaper dandy. Yeah. I forget what else. Anyway. Yeah. He loved him some Dean Smith. 
Love you some Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, we don't want to bring that up. Yeah. So, but uh, Dick Vitale over there. I tell you, and you talk about a man who has battled through a lot of, uh, I mean, he's had cancer a couple of times. <coughs> he had cancer of the vocal cords, if I remember correctly. Didn't he? Didn't you see him briefly, and then like two years later, he remembered your name or something? I love Thank you for mm-hmm. allowing me to tell this story. I was at uh, Central Piedmont Community College. I was on the newspaper staff at Central Piedmont Community College. They were playing the UNC JV team right before a UNC versus Georgia Tech game. Mm-hmm. I'm in the bowels of the Dean Dome, mm-hmm. walking through there. And Dick, I mean, this is uh, 1994, mm-hmm. 1994, and I'm in the bowels of the Dean Dome. And uh, I mean, there's nobody. It's me walking down this hall, and then coming walking towards me is Dick Vitale. And I'm like, oh, my God. And to myself, I'm like, that's Dick Vitale. I'm never going to forgive myself if I don't say hello to him. So I crossed over. I stuck my hand out. I'm like, hello, sir. I work for the CPCC newspaper. My name is Brian Hanks. And that dude stood and talked to me for a solid three minutes. I mean, just mm-hmm. ask me questions about myself. Uh, just And we talked, like I said, for about three or four minutes. And shook hands with him, got an autograph from him. And uh, then he went his way, and I went my way to Press Row at uh, Carolina. That's 1994-ish. It was either 94 or 95, but I'm almost positive it was 94. Uh, four years later, I'm at, I'm at uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium in the media room, and I always like to get there early because I was so low on the totem pole. If Wait I a minute, say that again. Cameron Indoor Stadium? You like to do uh, what? <laughs> what did I say? You like to get there early. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Really, I like to get to uh, the games early because I was so low on the totem pole that if I didn't get to the media room early, all the all the old guys would get there before me, and I wouldn't have a seat in the media room, and I'd have to stand. So I mean, if the game was scheduled to start at three thirty in the afternoon, I'd get there at one thirty, so I could. And but I could always get work done and everything too while I was sitting there waiting. So I, I'm in the media room, and there's only like three or four people. Who walks in? Dick Vitale walks in. They're doing the game that day. Walks by, walk kind of walk halfway walks by me, comes back and goes, "How are you?" And I bear in mind I had a credential on, but it didn't have my name on it. Mm-hmm. I was just a day of credential. It wasn't like a season long credential, and it didn't have my name. I didn't have my name anywhere. And he goes, "Well, hello there, Brian. How are you doing?" I sounded like uh, Santa Claus, didn't it? Anyway, I can't. And and I was just blown away. Bear in mind this is probably four or five years later. He stands there, talks to me for another three or four minutes. In fact, I asked him, do you mind, can I get a couple of quotes from you about, uh, I think it was near the end of the season, uh, about who they thought was going to make the NCAA tournament that year because it was one of those years where the ACC sent like eight or nine teams to the NCAA tournament. They were having such a good year. He remembered everything about me. Asked me how, you know, how did things finish at CPCC? I told, hey, did, you go, did you end up going to UNC Charlotte? Yes, sir. He remembered all this stuff from a three-minute conversation four or five years earlier. I'm just, you talk about low on the top. I mean, I am the lowest of the low when it comes to, to, to sports journalists at that time. How did he remember all that from four or five years earlier? It's kind of photographic memory or whatever the equivalent is, I guess. <laughs> well, I was very honored. I, I was. I was very honored, and it was awesome. Uh, Dick Vitale, I mean, thank you. Thank you for letting me share this story again because – uh, and I've seen him a couple times since then, and he has been very gracious and very nice both times. Okay, Dick Vitale over there, John Dawson. Do it in. How old are you today, Dicky Vitale Dawson? Hey, that's DVD, Dicky Vitale Dawson. We're going Blu-ray, baby. Um, um, hmm. Seventy-eight. You say seventy-eight. What do you say over there, 
Dickie Vitale. Massey, do your best. Just, just at I, least try. I really can't, bro. Okay, okay. 79. You said? 78. He was born June the 9th, 1939. So he's 84 today. So congratulations, oh. Jonathan Massey. You get that one. You lead one to nothing. And next up, I, I like him as an actor. I know he had a pretty rough summer, I think, last summer when he was in court all the time with his. Uh, oh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> with his. There, and we won't get Thank into it. Thank goodness he was to, victorious in that. Yeah. No joke. No I mean, joke. if he had done it, no. But yeah. since he didn't do it and she was trying to ruin him for no reason, good for him. She was an odd bird. Is that a nice, is about the nicest way to say? I don't – that's the, probably – it's hard to describe her without getting vulgar, so I'll just go along we'll with that. We'll just go along with that. Johnny Depp over there, John Massey. I don't know what she was John trying to accomplish. I don't know what she was trying to accomplish with that with that lawsuit, but she really took the bed in that. <laughs> He's not wrong. Yeah. 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 Uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, 56. You say 56. What do you say over <laughs> there? Johnny Depp uh, Dawson. 57. <laughs> he was born June the 9th, 1963. He is 60 today. Yeah. Celebrating the big 6-0 today. So you just tied it up uh, one-to-one. One of my, I loved him. In fact, I loved him in Teen Wolf. Remember the very first Teen Wolf in the 80s? Uh, Michael J. Fox. And then, of course, the Back to the Future movies. I mean, just, I loved him on Family Ties. I, he was great on Family Ties. He was great on Spin City. Remember him on Spin City? He was Scrubs. great on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Scrubs. And he Letterman, when he was still uh, at 1230 at NBC, had a uh, film festival. And he took, like, a, some famous people and gave them, like, a they gave him each like a fifty thousand dollar budget to make like a six minute short film, and and Michael J. Fox's <laughs> could have probably won awards. It was this thing where it it, it had a, a orchestra playing on the the floor while a hockey team was playing, and it I, I can sort of remember it, but it was really guy should have been making movies actually. Wow. I hate what's gone on with the with Parkinson's, and I do. Yeah. I know we're all three in concert on that. It mm-hmm. just. He's saying everybody you talk to, I remember Zach Braff talking about him about, I mean, not on the show, but about the show, about just one of the nicest people he had ever met was Michael J. Fox. And he was that way before he got sick. Exactly. Exactly. And it just, uh, I wish they would quit. And I know he's probably doing it under his own volition, but I wish they would quit parading him out for like these back to the future things. Cause there was something with him and, uh, Christopher the, Lloyd. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd. And he came out on stage and I, yeah. I know. I just, I, I hate it for him. I hate it for his family. It's just, that's. You know, yeah. I never saw the third Back to the Future because I saw the first one, loved it. Went to see the second one, and all it was was an excuse to make a third one. And I was so enraged. I, I had old man rage when I was like 15, whatever year that came out. I'm like, I refuse to see the third one. This is just a trick to get you to come back, and I, did, I never well, saw it. Okay, well, and your point is extremely valid. Do you remember <laughs> they uh, they made the second and third ones at the same time? Right. So you're absolutely right. The yeah. second one, all they did was make the second one to set up the third one. I mean, one. the second one had no ending. It was basically, yeah. the, it was all but tune in next week at the end of it. And I'm not blaming him. If they'd have given me that kind of money, you know, I would have done whatever they said. But anyway. Well, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. They, uh, I don't know. It just, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. But then it made me want to watch the third one because, like you said, they did all these. It wasn't just one 
-hmm. cliffhanger. There are like three or four different cliffhangers within the second one to get you ready for the third one. And uh, but you're right. The first, it's almost like the Matrix. Okay, the Matrix yeah. was just awesome. And I still, outside of Pulp Fiction, the Matrix is my favorite album. Or album. It's my favorite movie of all time. And uh, I've got to say this. I got to lift the curtain a little bit. Now I'm looking at the time, like, and I'm stressing about it. I know I'm sitting here. So tell them what happened. <laughs> tell them a clean version. I'll of what tell. Happened. Well, it's not. There's not a dirty version. Yeah. It's just you trying to be helpful with me. You'll look. You were like looking down at the roadcaster, but I'm so freaking ADD that every time you do it, it would make me lose my train of thought. <laughs> and now, like every 30 seconds, I'm looking I at it. I, I stopped looking. <laughs> and now I'm sweating. I'm sitting here sweating. Like, okay, I gotta. Stay on top of this. Okay. Uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, John Dawson. Oh, boy. 60, 65. You say 65. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? 64. He was born June the 9th, 1961. So he's only 62 today. So, Ooh. Jonathan Massey, you get it? You lead two to one. <clears throat> two, uh, well, they're musicians. They're absolute musicians. Both of them have passed away. Here's the first one. He, They called him uh, <laughs> Mr. Excitement. Oh, I figured you'd be all over this, John. The Sam Cook. Close. <laughs> same genre, same. Oh, um. Lonely teardrops. <laughs> the name is escaping me. All right, Jackie Wilson. There you go. Today is Jackie Wilson's birthday, man. Uh, just a great performer. Yeah. He passed away in 1984, so he died 39 years ago. And it's on you, Jonathan Massey. How old today is? Would Jackie Wilson be if he were still alive today? Uh, Do you know Jackie Wilson first? No, before? No, really? Yeah. You don't know this song? My heart is crying. Um. 91. You say 91. What do you say, John Dawson? <clears throat> 90. He was born June the 9th, 1934. He's 89 today, John Dawson. Congratulations. You just, hold on. No auto-tune. None whatsoever. That is his voice doing that there. Yes. That is awesome. Okay, uh, so it's tied. Here we go again. It's tied two to two going into the very last one here. I'm going to let you introduce him. It's Les Paul. Oh, my. Tell he, us about Les Paul. He was an innovative guitarist, and he invented, well, he's credited with inventing multi-track recording, like where you could, like, record a piece of music, roll the tape back, and add to it without er erasing the first thing. And uh, he had a duo with his wife, Mary. They had one of their songs used in, uh, what was it, Goodfellas or Casino, How High the Moon. Uh, very innovative guy. And when he broke his arm once in a car accident or something, and they had it as his arm set in the cast so he could still play guitar. So The a, cast was like like a V so he could still a, play. It was wow. a car accident. Was it a fender bender? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> he played the last Paul, but that's still that's pretty that good. That's pretty good. Uh, pretty how good. important is he in the, in Massively the, in the annals important. of music? Well, it, he's, he influenced every song you played here because wow. multi-track recording – I think there was a guy before him named Paul Buff that may have done three tracks. I, I don't know who was first, but, but Les Paul is credited with being a pioneer of multi-track recording. Well, there you go. Okay, uh, Les Paul, how old? Is, it's two to two, John Dawson. How old would he be? He died in 2009, if that helps you. He died uh, 14, 14 years ago. 14. 
How old would Les Paul be if he were still alive today? Uh, 103. You say 103. What do you say, Jonathan Matthews? You know who Les Paul is. Yeah, yeah. maybe 102. He was born June the 9th in the year of the Lord, 1915. So he would be 108 years old today. Rarely. There you go, John Dawson. You win today. Every day this month has been won three to two. Mm. What's wrong, dude? He died what year? Uh, 2009. Here we go. I was just doing my... It baffles me that he lived that long. Yeah, he would have been... Nine, he died at 94. Yeah. So there you go. But 108... Hey, local birthdays and I know. I want to give you a chance to say happy birthday to him. He's an awesome guy. Johnny Huzzy. Today's Johnny Huzzy's birthday. Oh, Huzzy, I, I have fond memories of being in the free press office early in the morning because I volunteered for the early shift and uh, you being in there and... Um, it was clear to everyone you had that place figured out. You and yes, he did. Absolutely. Happy birthday to Johnny Huzzy. Love you to death, Huzz. Today is Burt Potter's birthday. Coach Burt Potter, happy birthday to you. Jonathan Davis and Bubba Thompson, local birthdays. Listen, thank you so much to our guests that we had here on today's show. Uh, Shane Albee, Richard Clark in the first hour, and then new head basketball coach at LCC, Matt Grantham. Very excited about what he's going to do over there. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday. What is it, uh, Linda Whittington on the uh, Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College?